G'day, and welcome to episode 119 of the Pack of Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson, and today's conversation is with guest Austin Caladine, who is a co-founder and CMO of Sweet Nutrition, which is a Saskatchewan-based cookie manufacturer. Now, during today's conversation, Austin shares some of his experiences in growing the business, including some specific challenges faced and how they overcame them. He also discusses their biggest win so far and some strategies that they've used to build and retain their loyal customer base. Now, you can find Sweet Nutrition's products on their website and many of retail partners across Canada, including health food stores, fitness centers, grocery stores, and don't forget to scroll down into the show notes and use the promo code podcast to get 20% off their products. Okay, now before we kick off into today's conversation with Austin, if you're new to the podcast, thanks again for taking the time to listen in. My name, like I said at the top, is Hayden Thompson, and as well as chatting with business owners and operators on this podcast, I also work for a packaging company located in BC called Foodpack, where we specifically help CPG companies and food processors with their packaging and food packaging equipment. Now, I've been really thrilled to have helped many of my guests on this podcast with their custom packaging and films, as well as packaging equipment like Separamac vacuum chamber machines, PlexPak band sealers, repack tray sealers, and thermoformers. Uh, we do have a showroom at our Richmond HQ where you can see everything in action and run your products for proof of concept and shelf life studies. Plus, we have an in-house tech and service team to ensure that everything out in the field runs smoothly for our clients as well. So if you're looking for some new packaging solutions for your food product or you want me to evaluate your existing packaging program, definitely head on over to the Food Pack website down in the show notes. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about what we offer. And if that all looks good to you, you can definitely reach out to me by emailing me at hayden at thepackofyourpodcast.com and we can take it from there. All right, let's get stuck into it. I hope you all enjoy episode 119 with Austin Caladine of Sweet Nutrition. Cheers. Austin, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for having me. Man, it's a pleasure. Uh, like I said, when we just got online, you and I have been trying to tee up this conversation for a while now and we've made it happen. So welcome. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been uh, quite the whirlwind, but excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Life and business just gets in the way, doesn't it? <laughs> totally. Exactly. <laughs> Mate, how are things in Saskatchewan? Cold. They're uh, <laughs> they're good. Um, given everything that's kind of going on in the world, though, it's honestly not a so bad place to be. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, our winters get a little bit long, but excited to be heading to out west towards you there in Vancouver to go to the CHFA show in a few weeks. So that'll be yeah, exciting. Man. That will be exciting. Um, yeah, it's such a good trade show. Uh, I'll be doing a live podcast event on the Friday and then I'll be walking the floor. So I'll definitely see you on the Saturday. I'll make sure I stop oh, past cool. and have a sample of your product. Sounds good. Can't wait. Mate, I saw your bags in at the Body Energy Club, actually. So you've made it out west. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, no Body worries. Energy was one of our... Uh, our first accounts, actually, cool. um, they had brought in our donuts, uh, our previous product towards the cookies um, yep. back in, I think it was 2019. So, yeah, they've been with us for quite a while. Long standing relationship. Yeah, that's cool. For sure. Mate, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like when I jump online, obviously you and I um, got to know each other a little bit on LinkedIn. We both saw that we had a bit of a presence and it made sense to have this conversation. But Sweet Nutrition, obviously you've been operating this for a while now um, since I think you and Casey started the business in 2018, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Formally yeah. quit our jobs in summer 2018 and got rolling. Holy shit. Well, I want to dig into that with you, mate. But you've, uh, you, it sounds to me like you uh, for the longest time, we're playing hockey and you sort of sunk your teeth into that world. And then you got into entrepreneurship. Tell us about your journey. Yeah. I mean, it's been quite the, uh, well, almost five years now. So yeah, like you said, Casey and I met um, playing hockey. He was playing um, 
think he was an Esteban and I was up in Flintstone at the time. He got traded there. Um, our friendship, we, we knew each other briefly, but our friendship grew, obviously playing hockey together. Um, over that time, it was, you know, more so video games and having fun. Yeah. Um, but the, the bond kind of grew and yeah, he ended up coming to school at the U of S here. Um, I was working at Saskatoon North Hyundai selling cars. Uh, obviously our, our friendship continued to grow. Um, started working for a local supplement company here in Saskatoon. So it was a startup as well. Kind of got to see the back ends of the business, how it flowed, had some ideas ourselves, um, you know, kind of wanted to branch out. So probably didn't do it maybe, you know, the right way as far as quitting a job cold turkey with kind of no backup plan. But sometimes, you know, that's how you kind of hear a lot of the other stories start was, you know, just kind of you have to go all in and that's kind of what we did. So remember yeah. our first trip was to Costco testing out recipes and um, we had no idea what we were doing. We just kind of had a, a vision in mind and um, my grandma actually helped us out with a lot of the kind of the baking off the start. So cool. we we're testing out stuff in my kitchen and um, basically we had a bunch of different recipes that he would deliver local deliveries in Regina. I would deliver in Saskatoon off our Shopify website, went from there to narrowed it down to donuts being the best sellers. So kind of like a healthy Krispy Kreme. Nice. That's when I said we we had in Bonnie Energy there. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they grew quite popular. We grew through like the whole Popeye supplements chain throughout Canada. So we went from about 10 stores to about 200 in the course of a month. Holy um, shit. Our revenues kind of just went like this. And we were yeah, like, holy crap. A hockey you know? stick. A hockey yeah, stick. exactly. Yeah. We were yeah. like, cool, this is, you know, this is easy. We, mm. we got this. And then <laughs> sure enough, the true business test you a few months later, uh, kind of went into the summer months and all of a sudden it was like, you know, not as busy in the supplement stores. We weren't in major grocer um, and, you know, shipping over, well, shipping a fresh glazed product in the mm -hmm. summertime, we, we, you know, we had no experience in that. So all of a sudden we were getting a bunch of complaints, like moldy donuts, returns. And we're like, okay, well this, you know, this isn't really scalable. It's hard enough to sell like anything in business, but, mm -hmm. you know, to sell something that has such a short shelf life isn't mm -hmm. really, you know, doesn't make sense. So and we just didn't have the resources to back that. So yeah. um, Casey started testing out some recipes in the kitchen, some cookies. And kind of the idea in mind was like a healthy chips Ahoy. Um, so that's kind of where we had the first initial idea from. Mm. And from there, we just released our chocolate chip and peanut butter. Mm -hmm. um, the, the move was a little bit slow off the start because I think it was December 2019 is when we actually officially launched our cookies got it and sure enough two or three months later COVID hit the world so, changed yeah yeah so it was kind of we I mean we've been through ups and downs as a business like any business has but yeah obviously the world has changed so much in those four years and yeah I mean you know fast forward <laughs> four years later um Casey and I uh obviously are, are still here and we have a, a few investors involved in the company um I think we work with about you know 1500 to 2000 stores total uh a few different countries and yeah now we have five five SKUs full-time and you know we work with some retailers so like 7-eleven mm -hmm. uh we just got listed in um circle k mm -hmm. haven't sent out those orders yet but yeah some some super exciting retailers obviously some great relationships built mm -hmm. over the past four and a half years and um obviously it's it's pretty cool and exciting to have a, a product that you know sells in a mass market and people love and enjoy every day that's awesome, man. Hell of a journey. You know, um, there are so many businesses that have come and gone since COVID hit and you guys have obviously still standing. So hats off to you guys for making it through. Cause I can imagine those challenging times, like there would have been some days where you're like, what are we going to do here? But yeah, mate, sure. um, you know, I, 
recognize that you and Mitch um, at Raveda have a, a few conversations online. Like, you know, we're all privy to everybody's conversations on LinkedIn and you two both yeah. have something very similar in common. And that's you, that you both have taken production in house. Was that a decision that you made early on? Um, yeah, I guess kind of just, we'd never had the the capital to kind of allocate, you know, doing a huge production run with a, a large manufacturer, mm. um, you know, for 30, 40,000 bags of cookies, you know, yeah. have to maybe dish out a hundred or a couple hundred K and, mm. you know, we just never kind of had that kind of capital off the start. So, um, that was kind of the first thing we, I mean, we made a few <laughs> poor decisions as regards to the type of equipment we got, we had to get, go through a few different ovens and yeah, yeah. I've, the first ovens we bought were actually like house ovens. Yeah. Like, like literally you would like get a whirlpool. Through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we got those and we're like, yeah, like these probably aren't the best moves. So, uh, we ended up like our ovens now are, you know, um, commercial food service production. Conventional. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, but looking at bigger equipment, but yeah, to, to go back to the manufacturing things, we just kind of, um, small scale, it was easy. And especially something like cookies, it's very, you know, in control. Mm. So it was something that we, we always thought, and we like to keep in house. Um, and just hearing like horror stories of like, you know, third-party manufacturers and, um, you know, product, like talking with Mitch, even, I know yeah. they kind of had some, some issues with, um, their production outsourcing it and they would come back and, you know, product would be leaking. And then you get, you know, by the time you go through it all, it's, you're spending a week going through all your production and you end up losing, you know, half the bottles that got sent to you. And yeah, you know, yeah. that was never the case for us. We've actually been very fortunate to been in, you know, our own manufacturer and it's kind of, it's scaling now. Yeah. Um, we're trying to take into that next step of, of manufacturing and that's always a challenge, but it, it's fun, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Mate, you've mentioned that there have been a few challenges or some decisions that you've made along the way that haven't been the right ones, but essentially they're the ones that, you know, um, you know, it's through those challenges that you're sort of defined, you know, that you're sort of given an opportunity to come out the other side of it, having grown. So can you tell us about any specific challenges that you've faced in growing your business and how you overcame them? Yeah. I mean, I don't think when starting a business, there's ever an, a perfect outline anybody can lay out for you. That's like, mm -hmm. you know, once you get to here, you make this step. Once you get to here, you yeah. make this step. It's everyone's journey is so different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking at Casey and our journey, you know, being friends, obviously coming into the business, you know, th that doesn't even get talked about enough is, you know, having friend as co-founder mm -hmm. the fact that we've made it to just about five years is a, you know, a blessing in itself. And yeah, it's risky. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've remained great friends and, <clears throat> I think we've both taken, you know, huge strides in our, in our working relationship, um, our friendship and, uh, yeah, just, you know, bringing on investors is never mm -hmm. an easy thing either. So mm -hmm. having to deal with like a board now and, and, you know, it kind of makes you take that more of that responsibility approach yeah. and taking, uh, I guess a step back and looking at your business from, you know, other points of, you know, view. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I guess kind of, well, the manufacturing has been, you know, that's always a, a challenge that no one's ever taught. Um, obviously going through school, like K Casey had dropped out of school. Um, he was in marketing and, and I never went to school. So even just learning through the different challenges of, of financing and mm. um, loans and all that kind of things, like no one, no one teaches you that. So, you know, we've made a ton of mistakes in the, in the four and a half years we've been around, but I think it's something that it's only made us stronger. Mm. And, you know, it's one, I guess one piece of advice I could give was, kind of have like, you know, the blind, what is it? The blinders on, like, don't yeah. listen to all the outside noise that's going on. 
especially in the, you know, the CPG industry is very loud. Yeah. You know, there's fundraising, there's investors, there's valuations. And yeah, we've kind of went through such a, a time where valuations of, you know, three years ago are a lot different than they are today. So yeah. having to navigate through that and, um, you know, looking at your business as a whole and from where we started, you know, it's, you see all these companies exiting at these crazy valuations and we're like, mm -hmm. holy, you're looking at it from a very, you know, money standpoint. And I think the one thing, you know, we've kind of went through the past four and a half years is just maybe taking a step back and being like, this is, this is fun. Like this is enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we get to come to work every day as best friends and, and run a company. And, you know, the current kitchen staff we have in there right now is amazing. Um, and, you know, just getting to lead by example, it's, mm -hmm. It's something that no one can teach you. It's you're learning yourself every day. And yeah, I can't really put a price tag on that. Dude, that's awesome. Um, when we start a business or when you start a business, like you may not have experience in specific areas, like you just mentioned finance. However, when you were looking to sort of raise money or, you know, find some answers to the questions that you had, where did you go? Um, I think I, like, I, I can't put a, a name on one person specifically, yeah. but, um, definitely have a good circle around me, <clears throat> ask people for advice. Um, mm -hmm. a few people that have been through, you know, fundraising rounds and different things like that. That's one nice thing about the CPG industry is everyone's pretty tight knit. So everyone's went through, you know, the battles of fundraising or, mm -hmm. you know, investing and things like that. So it's, it's pretty common to ask around and what other people's experiences have been. But, yeah. um, as far as the challenges, I wouldn't say there's, kind of one thing in particular that that comes to mind uh as far as like a mentor mm -hmm. um like it's all just i guess learning yourself really like for, for me i was always kind of more in sales so yeah. um like obviously selling cars to to cookies is a little bit different but yeah you know the same processes in mind and yeah same rule supply yeah exactly yeah. and you know going into a store these grocery managers have a million products they need to buy so you know, what's a, a $4 bag of cookies is, yeah. is kind of my mind. Yeah. Um, and like, like Casey and I were actually just at, you know, having a conversation this morning. He sent me a picture of a, a post we had made like four years ago. And we just like laughed aloud at it. Cause it was like hilarious. Just like the marketing we used to have compared to now. And Casey yeah. like does all of our creative. Um, <laughs> so if, if you see like our packaging, like you said, our packaging design, yeah. the bags really stand out on the shelf. Like no one taught him that. Yeah, he learned that all on Adobe Photoshop, which That's is pretty cool. crazy. It is, um, yeah. And like, we get so many compliments on our marketing, and like, who does this for you guys? And yeah. it's just him, just yeah. learning it on YouTube and Google. So yeah, um, it's it's kind of crazy like that. But we've the investors that we brought on. Our our first investor was um, a friend of ours, Taylor Lear. He was, uh, well, he is playing pro hockey over in Germany right now. Awesome. Um, so he was, yeah, we grew up playing hockey together. Um, he was our very first investor in 2019. And he would have and, just uh, been investing in the two of you more so than the yeah. business. He believed in you because he knew you, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's and, cool. um, obviously he's always been a, you know, healthier guy mm -hmm. being a, a professional hockey player. And, um, then this past summer, um, we got our first two, um, investors come on board on a, I wouldn't say a fundraising round. It was more like a private investment opportunity. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we needed cash to help us scale and obviously to go more into the manufacturing side of things. So we brought on um, Murad Al-Khatib and Gaetan Barassa. They're um, the CEO and COO of AGT Foods. Okay. Um, they're one of the world's largest producers of like 
uh, chickpeas, lentils, um, based out of Regina, but they have, I think they're in like 130 countries. Really? Um, yeah. Murad's won like the, uh, EY entrepreneur of the year award. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. They're, they've been, they've been really helpful. Um, I'm sorry, kind of just helped, I guess, Casey and I feel more, it helped legitimize the business mm. in regards to, you know, when it's just two buddies running a company, obviously you want to grow and, and you want to make money, but it's, it's something that you, you, you push yourselves, but you know, it's, it's not as maybe I get what are the, what's the word I'm looking for. Maybe it's somebody's it's holding just, you accountable as well, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So somebody holding you accountable, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they've been, they've been awesome. They've been very supportive. Uh, obviously it's been about seven or eight months now since they've been on board. And, um, I think the trajectory of the company has really taken off since they've come on board and huge kudos to them. Dude, that's awesome. And to have those two dudes like in your corner as well. Absolutely. Do you meet with yeah. them like on a quarterly basis or monthly or how do you guys sort of operate in that space? Um, yeah. So obviously having like a board now, so there's five of us on the board. Um, and yeah, obviously have our meetings once, uh, you know, I guess technically it's supposed to be once a quarter. But we've we talk a, a lot more than that, and yeah. uh, just going for them advice um, is is a you know huge benefit. They're just over in Regina, actually, so only a few hours away from us. Yeah, and yeah, it's been um, very crucial for us to to bring some, I guess, experts, especially in the you know that's what they're the best at is manufacturing. So yeah. to have two experts like that is obviously super helpful. Yeah, no, I bet. Mate, we just spoke about some of the struggles that you've had and how you overcame them, but what are some of the biggest wins that you've had um, so far, I guess, in terms of expanding your business and uh, and reaching new customers? Yeah. I mean, sometimes as a, a young entrepreneur, you kind of forget to, to celebrate the, mm. the wins you get, right? Because you're mm -hmm. always focused on the, you know, well, surviving and uh, obviously there's a lot of problems that come up on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah. Um, Fighting those daily one... fires. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I think that's one thing, you know, we've kind of looked at this past six months or um, since we've kind of went through, uh, it was a, it was a tough year last year. So hence why we brought on some investors and um, you know, just getting to appreciate all the small wins that come each and every day, you know, new retailers, obviously we just released our, our fifth and full-time skew birthday cake, which has been, a very positive uh, release. It's been, we got it listed at 7-Eleven. So we have three SKUs there now. Cool. Uh, it's been selling like crazy, which, you know, as any founder would tell you, that's the best thing you could ask for. So yeah. um, custard demand is hot around it. And yeah, it's been past, it's overcome chocolate chip as our number one SKU and number one seller. So couldn't ask for anything better when releasing that. And just finding new distribution partners. We just started with a new national broker, uh, Marsham natural product brokers. So, okay. um, getting to go through that, um, have, yeah, we'll get to meet the whole team here at CHFA in Vancouver. Yeah. So that'll be that'll a nice be experience for you. Go out for dinner and have a few drinks together. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how you build real bonds. But, <laughs> yeah, totally. But like to yeah. answer your question as a whole is, is the wins, yeah. um, and the excitement. I mean, getting to launch in Seven Eleven, um, mm. that was a pretty cool, you know, experience. I wouldn't say there's a lot of you know, CPG companies that get that experience. So yeah, um, yeah, that was a, a super take a step back moment and see what we've kind of built. Yeah. Obviously, from starting in my condo, my grandma's kitchen, and yeah, and you know, to go to that is in itself was you know pretty cool. Um, 
And just even having the meetings, you know, with the Walmarts and the Costco's of the world and, you know, you're about to go present and over Zoom and it's just like, you know, taking a deep breath and, you know, we got this going into each other's offices and hyping each other up before and it's just, it's fun, you know, yeah. and people ask if you get nervous presenting to those types and it's like, no, like, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know, they, they say, say no, no. Get another opportunity exactly. six months from now. It's yeah, just, you get another you know, crack. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you listen to podcasts and from all these other, um, you know, CPG entrepreneurs and founders and how many times did they get said no to before they got mm -hmm. their first like real big yes. So mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, a ladder taking two steps back sometimes to take one step forward and so on and so forth. So, yeah. And upon reflection, it's often getting that no, that is actually like a, a driver to further growth so that when the yes comes, you're ready for it as well. And you look back and you're reflecting, you go, well, fuck, if I had got that yes a while ago, we wouldn't have been ready. It would have been a big mistake. So sometimes those no's are a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we were just having this conversation yesterday was, um, you know, people always say, looking at our current size pack, they want more cookies. And, you know, we hear our customers, we, we know that we yeah. obviously want to make a, a bigger pack. And, you know, that's the goal is to get that bigger pack into Costco one day. Like a family size um, or something. Yeah, exactly. We know like what our best sellers are. We know what our customers want. It's just mm -hmm. as a smaller company ordering, you know, another five SKUs in a larger pack is a, mm. is a big cost. Mm -hmm. um, obviously it's a lot harder to order quantities, you know, of 10 SKUs as opposed to five, especially when we're our own manufacturer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking at, at, at Costco as a whole, if they, we, I think we had this conversation yesterday was if, you know, they came to us right now and said, we want, you know, your product in both our warehouses in Canada um, and all stores, we would have to say no. And we wouldn't, you know, what's the point in that? So yeah. it's why not get our production to the point it needs to be where, you know, they can or we can present to them and, you know, go after it hard. And if, if we do get the yes that we're looking for, then we can take advantage of it. Yeah, dude, great approach. With both of you being athletes and sort of coming from a level of hockey where I'm sure you are working with some amazing coaches and amazing team managers and so on, I'm sort of interested to know whether you take a similar approach to analyzing your business as you would sort of an aftermatch report or analysis on your skill set as a hockey player. So like, you know, when you start the season, I'm just talking from my experience with cricket when I played back home, but like, you know, at the start of the season, you try and figure out, okay, where, what do I want to achieve? Like, where am I going to progress to? Like what goals, what, how do I sort of need to show up and present myself? How am I going to train each week to sort of improve those skill sets and so on? You know, you sort of drill down into the details once you have a really good idea of like the direction you're moving into. And then after each match, you'd analyze it, you'd go back to the drawing board, you'd make adjustments. So that's sort of the entrepreneurial sort of like approach as well, in that you're constantly getting feedback and you're making small little adjustments or pivots you could sort of say until you're, you know, oriented in the right direction and you're achieving those goals. So are the two of you sort of taking that same approach to this business as you sort of would your approach to hockey or the way that a coach would to their hockey team? Good question. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something as, as far as looking at as being a, you know, a business owner compared to being a hockey player, mm. I think having a first and foremost, having a healthy body of mind is, you know, for, for me, that's priority number one. Do you um, work out daily? And, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I still play hockey. Um, it's senior hockey. So obviously, you know, I'm not playing pro hockey. With the old fellas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's something that, you know, I feel like I'm 
a 10 times better operator mm-hmm. when my body and my mind feels good. You know, yeah. I'm hydrated, I'm getting proper meals in, nutrient dense meals. It's night and day. And, you know, when I'm getting proper sleep, it's all those things that account into, you know, being a good leader and, you know, being able to lead like a team in the right direction. So I, I could see how that correlates to, you know, I guess being a coach uh, mm. from a hockey team standpoint. That's a little bit different. I mean, you see some coaches, I, I don't think they live in that, the healthiest lifestyle ever and they're <laughs> leading their guys. They're not an that. athlete, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. exactly. But they don't um, practice what they preach. For sure. For sure. And I've, I've kind of always been an advocate of that. Um, you know, it's like listening to a trainer and mm. that trainer is maybe super overweight and they, they don't look after themselves. <laughs> Never had a six pack in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, how can I, you know, listen to what you say when you're yeah. not doing it or living it yourself. So mm. um, in, in that aspect, I think that, you know, we both keep each other accountable for, for trying to be as healthy and, you know, responsible in that way as possible, because, at the end of the day, we have a, you know, a healthier brand, you know, mm-hmm. we have a, a brand that is low sugar and gluten-free and plant-based. So you, you don't always, you know, not that we're plant-based and vegan or things like that, but just living a healthier lifestyle in general kind of speaks yeah. volumes when you go to, you know, trade shows and you walk yeah. the show and, you know, you're wearing your logo with, you know, pride because, you know, you're the founders of that healthy brand. There's an alignment there. It's so important, man. Otherwise sure. people smell bullshit really, really quickly. Totally. Yeah, they do. Totally. And even yeah. just like going back to um, the Revita team, we, you know, I know they're a, a big advocate of that as well. Mm. And um, Casey and I actually, we were just in Calgary last weekend and we got a chance to go see their manufacturing facility. Oh, cool. That would have been awesome. Yeah. It's just awesome. And yeah. Mitch and, and Rob and Carly are just, yeah. uh, they've been super close with us for, since we started as well. So that's great. Um, getting to see them do their thing. has been amazing. Hmm. I'm glad to hear it. And what about sort of an after action report or sort of an analysis of, you know, your sales process or your marketing approach, how often are you reevaluating it or evaluating it and then sort of making adjustments as required? Yeah, I think now having uh, a more formal board, um, yeah. I think we have to have those conversations, you know, more than what we were having previously, but yeah, it's something that, you know, the the sales process, the world, buyers' minds, um, what they're after is always mm-hmm. changing. So, yeah. you know, having to adapt to that is is crucial. Um, marketing isn't the same it was, you know, six months ago as it was five years ago. So having to have a different approach and um, we're just kind of going down the, the road of, you know, our e-commerce site. So that's a different approach is, mm. you know, what retail is. So yep. we hired a, a team to work on, on that side, like our ad side for us just recently. So excited to see how that goes. Um, but it's crazy. Like you, you see some companies in the CPG space and the marketing from them is just, it's so in your face and it's like, it works for them, but every company is a little bit different in how they, you know, approach their consumer. So I guess, like we talked about earlier, putting the blinders on and doing what works for you is mm. crucial, mm-hmm. but also taking like little bits and pieces from what you're seeing out there and kind of implementing them into your own business is, is helpful as well. Yeah. Mate, uh, you were talking before about the fact that, you know, you're just um, getting sort of your e-commerce site sort of launched and focusing on that. And that's kind of cool because you're going to have a really direct link with your consumers and yeah. the ability to get feedback from your consumers is going to be greater. When you're selling B2B or to retailers, you don't necessarily have access to your consumers. So 
have you managed to sort of grow without direct access always with your consumers and obviously selling to the B2B business? How have you sort of managed to sort of bridge that gap? Yeah, um, obviously, it's like you said, it's a lot more in your control when mm. you, you know, they're ordering off your e-commerce site because, you know, they're coming exactly for your product. Yeah. So that's a little bit more out of your control when you go into retail, but we felt it was a lot at that time cheaper to go into retail, mm -hmm. um, kind of launching region by region with retailers and, you know, working closely with them, going direct to retailers as opposed to going through a distributor. So um, that was kind of always our approach, cold calling and, um, you know, working one-on-one -on -one with that retailer as opposed to going through a broker and yeah. through a distributor. So yeah. it was kind of like three or four points of contact as opposed to, you know, just one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And that, so in that sense, it was more in our control um, based on, you know, the, the, the owner of the store. But yeah, as far as the end consumer goes, it was, you know, we didn't know who was really buying our product. We had an idea, obviously. Um, but that was kind of the, I guess the one benefit and something that we're trying to lean harder into is the zero sugar aspect of our product. Mm. Um, so I know like sugar as a whole, it's, you know, no one likes it. And that's kind of like looking at gluten-free keto plant-based, all those things, um, you know, plant-based and keto, especially they're, they're like, like this, you know, and, and I feel like zero sugar has just been like consistent a, yeah a consistent thing yeah yeah you're right and, i think as a value proposition zero sugar is really valuable because you're right like i think the level of understanding that the consumer has now on uh you know how terrible sugar is for your diet and inflammation and so on and in, if we can reduce the volume of sugar that we eat it's a win but you absolutely. know the, the keto plant-based vegan sort of those value propositions are you know they're targeting a specific audience so it's yeah i'm i sort of i totally understand what you're saying there yeah for sure but excited to have, you know, control of our own e-commerce site and go yeah. harder into that avenue, um, yeah. a little bit more into Amazon as well. But yeah, it's been before we've even um, hired this team, just the past, we've had our, our, our new Shopify site for the last, like, just over a month and seeing all the organic orders come in. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, seeing that notification where it's someone's second or third order in the, yeah. in the past month is obviously you know you're doing the right things by people yep. love your products so yep. um yeah excited to see where that goes man that's cool i'm not sure if you mentioned it sorry if i missed it but are you using shopify that's right yeah that's yeah cool so you get so that we, little cha-ching when there's a sale yeah. come through. Dude, that... i missed that cha-ching <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible like that for a business owner hearing that cha-ching is pretty cool uh, just that oh. one feature in itself but how do you find shopify is it good yeah it's it's awesome um our first business that, or sorry, our first website, Casey built on, on Shopify. And, um, we had like, that was when I was saying we had all our different menu items right off the start there. Yeah. And we kind of just heard that WooCommerce, um, was a little bit more customizable. Uh, so we actually switched from Shopify to WooCommerce and had that for three and a half years. And honestly, it was just for not Casey and I both not being like coders or mm -hmm. anything like that. It was a lot harder to manage. Um, we needed to have like a someone looking after it, uh, another business here. And it was just, it created a lot more back and forth conversations, yeah. ended up adding a lot more costs into it. And Shopify is very, I mean, it's very simple. It's very laid out for you. Um, I know a lot of companies are on it and have nothing but good things to say. It integrates with a lot of, um, you know, widgets and, and different add-ons and things like that. So 
Um, and yeah, overall the cha-ching was, uh, I, I missed that because <laughs> I remember <laughs> that, you know, that we had our, our Shopify site before we ever went into uh, retail. Yeah. So getting, I remember hearing that for the first time was like, we made it, you know, hearing that. So, Some validity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Mate, what advice would you give to other CPG business owners who are working in the natural space like you are um, that might be facing some of the similar challenges that we've discussed today or are looking to sort of achieve some of the similar wins that you've had? Um, yeah, I, I mean, if I could tell my you know, younger self a few things, it would mm. be lean into what's working for you. Don't worry about so much what everyone else is doing. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, yeah. um, you know, having five SKUs now, we know our, our chocolate chip, birthday cake, and peanut butter are our top three. Um, mm -hmm. Our other two are great products. But for some reason, if you get a customer in front of those five SKUs, they're leaning towards those two or those three mm. the first time they're purchasing or repurchasing. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even when cold calling a store, or talking to a store for the first time, and obviously, you know, you're excited to present all five of your SKUs. But in reality, if two or three are moving two or three to one, as opposed to your bottom two, you know, why aren't you maybe going in with the approach of just take our top two or three, sell mm. through those. And maybe we take a look at expanding you know, in the future. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, you launch into, I remember launching into like Sobeys and Safeway and it would kind of mess up the reorder process because they would sell through our top SKUs, but then they'd be sitting on our bottom ones mm. and they wouldn't reorder. Because mm -hmm. they'd be like, well, we want to get through these first before we reorder. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, imagine if we just went in with our top two or three, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of just, yeah, leaning more into your hero products. I remember um, getting to sit down with Mike Fata yeah. uh, when I went to Winnipeg and we had this exact same conversation. You sat down and had a coffee or was it online? Uh, yeah, we went for dinner. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, it was uh, invaluable. That's cool. Uh, I'm still yet to have a conversation with Mike. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting him at the CHFA this year and saying good day. Yeah, he's an awesome dude, and mm. obviously been been through it all. So, yeah. um, no one better to kind of go to for advice. And yeah, yeah, that was something he really emphasized was leaning more into your your hero products, and um, definitely something we've kind of taken a step back and and looked at as a whole. Um, and yeah, I think another thing is just like looking at your bottom line and and profitability, and kind of going more off that than your top line and just what revenue is because. I know the, for, for a while there, um, and even starting off on the business, it was all these companies, like we talked about earlier, was just crazy high valuations. And, mm. you know, maybe they weren't like profitable, but they were doing a ton in sales. Mm. And unless you have the cash flow and capital to be able to support that, you're going to run out of money. And, mm. you know, so you really need to know what your finances are, what your numbers are. And yeah, I guess being able to like forecast forward and being prepared for the worst case scenario as, as we kind of were in, you know, with COVID and everything, it, it put a halt on going into any new accounts like Sobeys. We got into our first Sobeys on March 15th, mm -hmm. 2020 and mm -hmm. March 20th was like COVID hit. So it was like, what do we do? You know? So at that time we were only in the small independent health food stores who ended up having to close. Yeah. So it was like a, a period there where we, you know, had to be so scrappy and um, find different revenue streams. And um, so, yeah, I guess always being prepared for the worst case scenario. 
Um, and yeah, know your, your target audience. Like I kind of said, us leaning more into zero sugar. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes brands, you know, a little bit longer to, to figure that out. Hence it's taken us a while. You know, you want to be kind of looking at our product. It has 10 different key features that we could market, but what's the most important. Mm-hmm. So, and um, it's a mouthful saying sweet nutrition, soft, baked, plant-based keto cookies, you know, yep. We yeah. went to Sweet Nutrition Zero Sugar Cookies, and it's cleaner. It sounds better, and that's all people like hear and see now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're making a few tweaks on our next packaging run. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it, like I kind of you know touched on earlier too. It's everyone's journey is a little bit different. Um, I think for a lot of the mistakes that any founder makes, no one can tell you what to do or you know how they did it it's you have to kind of go through that journey yourself and make those mistakes for yourself Mm -hmm. to be able to kind of learn and you know once you're making mistakes with your own money it's you learn pretty quick oh yeah because you know you don't want that money to dry up and you want to stay in business so yeah 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 it's yeah a whole different ball game mate it's a pretty competitive market that you're playing in like there are quite a few other brands popping up all the time like you know all the time all the time. It's insane. And so you've sort of alluded to the fact that it's important to keep the blinders on and sort of just focus on the direction that you're going and doing what you do and executing on it really, really well. <clears throat> However, because it, is, because it is so, um, because it is so competitive, how do you sort of find that you can remain relevant and top of mind to not only your consumers, but to the buyers so that they're not always tempted to, you know, give someone else a crack at the, at the retail space that they've got available? For sure. Um, yeah, it's a super competitive market. Mm. I mean, you know, you're, we're going up against Oreo, Mondelez, mm. <laughs> all the big guys. So, And then all of the startups, you know? Totally. Yeah. Totally. So um, I think one thing we've really tried to uh, emphasize is a presence in store, um, whether it's a shipper display or additional placements. Uh, I post on LinkedIn about these fridge tags we just got made. So cool. they're like plant-based cookies and milk. And they're just like a fridge tag that stick on the, the outside of uh, yeah. the dairy section. Yeah, yeah. So if you talk to any grocery manager, the dairy section is the highest volume place in the, in a grocery store. It turns and like that has the most turns, does it? Yeah. Interesting. So the most amount of people are going to that section yeah. every time they go into the store. And we have a plant-based cookie. So we have a, a little thing that clips on the front of the door and yeah. now it's marketed as plant-based milk with your plant-based cookies. So Got it. it's, uh, you know, just another placement. And now we're just getting that many more eyes on our product every time someone goes into the store. So mm-hmm. it's one thing to get into a store, it's a whole nother ball game to come off the shelf. So trying to get, and, you know, craft and, and those companies are paying millions of dollars to be in, every spot they can in the store. So obviously we don't have that kind of marketing budget to work with. So we have to be scrappy and, you know, we have to go into the store and talk to the manager and build that relationship to be able to, for them to give us another, you know, placement. Mm. Um, But going into um, kind of the, you know, going up against all the competitive competitors that we have, it's something that we've taken a step back on as Mm. we want to be the cookie experts, I guess, in this category. Um, I know there's, you know, looking at some of the companies that we're up against in Canada, even they have cookies, they have granola bars, snack bars, cereal, granola. So obviously they're focusing on their company as a whole, but that cookie is getting one sixth, one seventh of their focus potentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our whole portfolio is cookies. So 
why don't we be the experts on that? And, you know, we can win in that space for now before yeah. we branch out into other SKUs. So yeah. um, having that mindset, I think, has been an advantage to us. And yeah, we you know we don't have to focus on having a, a granola bar or a cereal that's in a different part of the store. We can just focus on the cookie set for now. That's cool, man. How often are you doing demos? Um, it was obviously on hold for, for a while with mm. COVID and everything, but um, Casey and I try and get out at least once a week. Um, yeah, usually on the weekends in a superstore or a Sobeys and, and get out and talk to customers as much as we can. Cause mm. that's when you, that's when you get the most reassurance of your product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting to talk to 50 to a hundred different customers and seeing the biggest test is always kids is, you know, parents will walk by yeah. and they'll look the other way because they don't want to buy anything for their kids. You know, they're on a mission <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and their kids are like, Oh, these bags look fun. Like they look exciting. They're cookies. Yeah. And then being able to tell the parents, like they have a resealable bag, there's zero sugar for their lunches. And they're like, yeah. you know, take another look at it and they try yeah, yeah. it and their kids like it. And it's like, okay, now you just sneak one into their cart. And <laughs> That's a win. <laughs> it's a win. So That's cool. yeah, getting the demo is obviously super crucial and beneficial. That's awesome, man. Dude, it sounds like um, you've landed on your feet in every way, even though, you know, the trajectory of your business is, you know, taken ups and downs over the last couple of years, but you've made it through. Where are you taking this business? Like what's your plan over the next couple of years and, and what's your vision for the future look like at the moment? Oh man, that's, it's always changing, but I feel like the vision we had when starting the business is right where we are now, which is, it's cool to see. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It, you know, having a nice branded product on, you know, in the store of a Sobeys or a Superstore or 7-Eleven, that, that's mm-hmm. what we envisioned when starting this company. So I guess taking it from there and getting more points of distribution, uh, obviously into more retailers, getting more awareness around the brand. So people are more familiar with it when they pick it up. Um, and yeah, just getting it into more hands, man. Honestly, at the end of the day, that's, that's what it's about. Everyone that tries the product loves it, you know? So, um, it's, it's something that's always evolving. You can always be bigger and always be growing. So, um, I guess trying to streamline things a little bit more. Um, so the processes of us getting an order to that money for that order being in our bank account, you know, is as smooth as possible and as quick Mm -hmm. as possible. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, I guess the, the ultimate goal is, you know, preserving cash flow and, and stacking cash. So, um, obviously you can only move forward in that case in business. So, um, yeah, adding more, you know, maybe limited time skews, uh, of our cookies. Like we talked about earlier, a family mm-hmm. size, a bigger pack. Um, and yeah, I won't drop too much info about our, our, our future products, but yeah, we've definitely had some ideas in mind and, awesome. um, we want to be looked at as a healthy snack company. So, yep. um, cookies is where we're at right now, but that's not saying no to anything else in the future. That's cool. Well, listen, mate, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our chat. I'm glad we had it. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. No worries. Before we cut out of here, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you or ask you any questions, what's the best way for them to go about it? Um, You can send an email to KCRI. Um, I mean, our our phones are always open too, but I I think email is probably the most professional. (laughs) Um, So we have the same email. It's either austin at sweetnutritioncanada.com or casey at sweetnutritioncanada.com. Um, we're both pretty active on LinkedIn and social as well. So reach out to us there. Our DMS are always open. Um, yeah, would love to talk to whether it's a retailer customer, anyone just looking to try a, a good tasting product. 
Fantastic, mate. And thank you so much for the generous um, discount for the, everybody listening today as well. The promo is down in the show notes along with all of the information on your business so people can reach out if they want. And uh, yeah, once again, mate, I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Perfect. Thanks again for having me, man. Cheers. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode with Austin of Sweet Nutrition. As always, if you have any questions or comments from today's episode, please visit my LinkedIn profile where I post up each week's episode. Everything you need can be found down in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening today. And I hope that you will join me next week for another great episode.